Hi, Mr. Potter, since it's just going to be you probably listening to us forever. Um, I guess I'm Lori. I'm Anna. And... and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the name again? Wait, is Are we it... doing clearly or simply? I think we should... Did you like simply more? Okay. Yeah. And we're simply complicated. Okay, so we forgot to actually read the poem at the beginning, but through the magic of editing, we're going to add this back in. So... Lori's going to be eating right in front of me while I read this. And drinking. And drinking. Tea, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is it? They're going to think I'm drinking something else. No. She's not. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Bent double like old beggars under sacks, knock-kneed, coughing like hags, we cursed through sludge, till on the haunting flares we turned our backs. And toward our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep. Many had lost their boots, but limped on, bloodshed. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Gas, gas, quick boys in ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time. But someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light, as under a green sea, I saw him drowning. In all my dreams before my helpless sight he plunges at me guttering choking drowning if in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in and watch the white eyes writhing in his face his hanging face like a devil's sick of sin if you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth corrupted lungs obscene as cancer bitter as the cut of vile incurable sores on innocent tongues my friend you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory the old lie dulce et decorum est mm. pro patria mori i don't speak latin <laughs> You're right. Sorry, I'm just that much better than you. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it has little voice waves. Okay, anyways. Um, so the whole thing of this podcast is we are going to be doing this for our workshop and talking about AP Lit stuff and then, like, tying in some journalism so we can get journalism credit. Mm-hmm. Because this is only about the grade. Really, though, it kind of is. Oh, and also, we're eating. We're eating right now, so if you hear a lot of crunching or eating in general, <laughs> that's why. Some nice ASMR. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're curious as to what we're eating, I made pinto bean burgers, because my mom can't eat black beans. And if I do say so myself... They're I'm really a, good. Yeah, I'm a culinary genius. <laughs> no offense, Mr. Potter, because I know you went to, like, culinary school, but... I think I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, down to the intellectual stuff. Um, we're talking about Dulce et Decorum Est by Wilfred Wilfred Owen. Um, we reviewed this poem in class, so we're just gonna talk a little bit about it. Anna, you start because I'm kind of hungry. Okay. Yeah. So, this poem we both really like because of how vivid it is and how much imagery it has there's a lot of urgency to the poem and also I don't like poetry at all and Lori said that we should oh talk about poems in our podcast and I thought that was really dumb and would be really boring but I still kind of think it is oh my god (laughs) but I did really like this poem so I agreed to talk about it because it 
I don't know, the video that was shown along with it was just very, I don't like graphic, but not in a bad way, just really brought the poem to life, and just the, the, I already said imagery, but the imagery it has of bringing war to life and showing how it's not this glorified, heroic place to prove yourself, it's just this desperation full of people trying to not die. Laura's still chewing, so <laughs> keep talking. <laughs> I can swallow really fast. Um, <laughs> you're so difficult to be friends with. Okay, yeah, I agree. I feel like the sense of urgency in the poem just really took it to another level because I feel like with a lot of poems that we do read... It's more, like, calming, like, kind of, like, depressing. And this is a depressing poem, but it's more of, like, an anger-fueled depression. You know, like, it's it's the kind of, like, mm-hmm. sadness that you just want to go out and tell people everything that you can to stop them from feeling this, which I feel like was the whole point of the poem. And honestly, like, I feel like the story behind the poem a little bit, too, really got me because in class, like, during our workshop time, I really wanted to know more about it, so I, like, researched it, and apparently, so what had happened with the backstory of this poem was that Wilfred Owen, he had been injured in combat, and so what, he was in the hospital when he wrote this, and he sent this to his mom, and, um, and so, like, honestly, just, like, that in itself is, like, pretty, like, crazy, like, he was not a poet, like, he was not a writer, like, he literally just got back from being in war, and he was so, yeah, he was so fueled with passion, Uh that he was just like, ugh, you know? And I feel like you can feel that in the poem when you're Mm -hmm. reading it. Yeah. It's definitely a lot different than everything else. Yeah. And then, like, on top of that, this part's crazier. He went back into combat. He, like, had the, yeah, he had the choice to, like, not, but he did, and he died a year later. Oh. Like, yeah, I know, like, a week before freaking, um, Armistice Day. Oh. Yeah. And I was so sad. Mm-hmm. But, like, just that backstory, too, of, like, just him, like, freaking, he's just so passionate. And you can see that in the poem. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, it's it's a good poem. And... Talking about the modern day application to this poem. Actually, nope. Just kidding. <laughs> we are going to be talking about the background behind this poem aside from just the author's personal life is like what was happening in the world which was world war one and i haven't taken a history class since first semester (laughs) junior year (laughs) oh my gosh really Uh uh-huh and it was u.s wars and all we did was talk about how the russian peasants rose up against the nobles which has nothing to do with u.s wars (laughs) (laughs) i had a weird student teacher Anyway, Lori's going to tell you about World War One now. Yeah. Basically, I... You could call me a history professional. What is the word? Geek? No. <laughs> what are they called? Like Buff? When, no. Like a history professor? No, that's not the word I was looking for. Whatever. I don't care. We're going to call me a history professor. Professor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's fine. Um... But yeah, I just took a lot of history classes. So basically, World War One. the whole reason we got into it was kind of dumb. Basically, there was just, like, a lot of um, build-up to it. And then this guy got assassinated, which was kind of just a tipping point. And then that's when... Was it an Austrian duke? Yeah. 
Oh, good. See, I do know history. <laughs> okay, anyways. Good job. I'm proud of you. Um, fact one of the day. <laughs> that's really going to be our only fact. <laughs> anyways, so, yeah, he got assassinated, and because of that, like, um, some countries in Europe... I'm, this is the simplified version. This is, okay. Don't reference me on this. No, it's been, I'm just learning along with <laughs> audience of one (laughs) thanks sister potter (laughs) okay sorry so yeah basically he got assassinated that was the tipping point for the war originally between just european countries but then the u.s got involved because i'm pretty sure this was the one with the zimmerman telegram avocado i'm so sorry (laughs) go get some avocado yeah but i don't think i can eat another one okay while you oh. contemplate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was just a tipping point. Um, U.S. got involved because of the Zimmerman telegram. I'm pretty sure that was this war. Um, where basically, this is, it's been a while. Basically, one country said to Mexico, attack the United States because the United States sucks. And then the United States intercepted it and was like, excuse me. <laughs> Not true. So then they entered the war. Um, but, yeah, and so there was, like, a draft going on for the war because, obviously, we wanted to win and we just needed a lot of man- manpower. And so then the phrase came about, dulce decorum es propatria mori. And that just means, like, how, it's, like, how noble it is to die for one's country. Like, something like that. I probably should have written down the actual meaning. Um... But, yeah, and so that was, like, being spread around to, like, make people, like, feel good about joining the army. Like, that the draft wasn't a bad thing. Like, it was honorable. It was good. And so, like, all these, like, 18, 19-year-old boys were, like, freaking, like, oh, my God. I'm going to go die for my country, and I'm going to die with honor. <laughs> like, super honor. Like, mm-hmm. they were they were pumped to die. For, maybe not to die, but they were pumped to serve their country. They were, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm yes. Like, I will come back, and I will be a war hero. Captain America. Yeah, basically. So that was World War II, because I don't get them mixed up ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, so basically, that was just, like, going around about how, like, great it was to die for your country, and so that was just being told to all these young boys going on, going into the war, mm-hmm. and so the whole point of this poem was that, like, this guy was just being, like, that is not true. Like, that is extremely, utterly false. Like, it is not noble to die for one's country. And his whole thing was, like, he was trying to, like, portray his message that going to war was not a good thing. It was not honorable. It was not good. It was not worth it. Like, it was nothing that they expected it to be because of this horror. Like, the freaking, where, what part? He was like, wait, sorry. Um, oh. Many had lost their boots, but limped on, bloodshod, all went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Like, the, like that just shows, like, that's not even the worst part of the poem. Like, the worst part of the poem is, like, the last part of the poem where he's, like, describing the guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, um... <laughs> Dawson just DM'd me and said, man, what are you going to do with yourself when you don't have a school system to work over? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really offended, and I regret reading that out loud. <laughs> what did I say? I don't know. 
Oh, I was talking about how I was like, your sub is letting me get this. Yeah. <laughs> That's anyway. funny. Okay, anyways. So, it was just like, this whole poem was like him trying to be like, this is not noble. And like, he was describing like, in that, like one part that I just read, like, how used to this like, awful, disgusting conditions they were in. And that it was, like, depressing, and people, like, were literally walking barefoot through the trenches, and they were, like, drunk with fatigue is such a good phrase. I loved that phrase. And then, like, okay, sorry. And then, deaf even to the hoots of gas shells dropping softly behind. Like, they could hear, like, the gas shells being dropped. Like, they could hear that somebody else, like, near them was under attack, and they didn't even think twice about it. Like, they just did not care. And I feel like that's this, like, what's this poem is, like, really, really about. It's just, like, like just telling the whole world to stop lying to the youth. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the youth is... when you hit the counter, it's, like... Oh, sorry. To the <laughs> audio. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it was just... It was, like, the youth is impressionable, and he wanted them to get the right impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I didn't think about it as, like, a PSA to everyone. I thought it was just him saying, like, oh, this happened to me, and I didn't like it. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, I, didn't, I thought he was writing it more for himself to, like, get out, like, what had happened to him while mm-hmm. he was serving. But it's I, that's cool. I didn't think of it as being a PSA, I suppose. <laughs> Like, he, was, he felt it like it was an obligation or a duty to tell others, like, this is what it is actually like. Stop listening to everyone else's glorified version because I've been there and this is what it really is. Yeah. And then, I feel like we wanted to talk about the modern day application. Um, yes, now we are going to talk yeah, about the modern no. application. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Because I was talking about the whole World War thing, or do you want me to keep talking? Um, I don't really like the Yemen thing because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I just mean like soldiers like today, like signing up for the army. Uh-huh. I feel like um, since like you, the United States itself isn't currently like fighting a war it's more of aiding aiding other countries aiding quote unquote <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's not as big of a deal as it used to be so i don't know i don't like personally know anyone super young like already planning on enlisting and going off <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, but I watch a lot of um, soldier and dog reunions on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? They're so cute. I cry every time. That was a sidetrack. Um, <laughs> when I read this poem, though, it's not really a modern day application, but I was thinking about how, like, like my grandparents, for example, my great grandma lived in China until she was like, Okay, actually, I don't know how long. <laughs> she was like, hmm. It was when <laughs> she lived there for a good portion of her life. And, nice. Um, she lived there when, that was when Japan invaded in China and they did a lot of horrible things. Uh-huh. So, like, she had to live through that. And that's just what this poem made me think of because even, I feel like even when, 
war is glorified, it's usually about the soldiers. It's not about, like, the people who are being affected by that area, like, where they live. And even this poem doesn't really bring attention to that aspect where it's just your normal everyday life and then there's gas shells dropping everywhere and that's not even your job. Like, you're not even supposed to go near those. So I lost my train of thought. But basically, my great-grandma, like, had to go through that just as a citizen, as someone who wasn't obligated to be anywhere near that. And, like, that's a part of what makes war so horrible. Yeah. Okay. I still have food in my mouth. (laughs) I feel like what I just said didn't make any sense. No, that did make a lot of... Okay, let me swallow. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that aspect, though. Like, I think... And... I'd love to read a poem about that aspect, but anyways, like, I didn't even think about that aspect, because in this scenario, like, you do just focus on, like, the, the soldier himself, like, Mm -hmm. the person, like, going through this. Yeah. But, like, the whole point of the poem was, like, how he was saying, like, other people, like, shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, they shouldn't volunteer for this. They should be excited to go. Yeah. But, like, you're right. Like, I didn't even think about the fact that this is, like, like World War One, World War Two, like, current, like, day civil wars. Like, that is all on somebody's, like, home territory. Like, that is mm-hmm. where somebody lives. And I didn't even think about that part, which is, like, a very interesting twist because he's describing this, like, awful, awful, awful... Oh, my God, that's long. <laughs> <laughs> he's describing this awful, like, scenario, and he's telling, like, other, like, men, like, grown men to, like, not do this to themselves. Yeah. But then, like, what about the children, the women, the, like, just citizens, uh-huh. like, the, like, anyone who's just, like, they lived there. Like, that was their home. That was where they, like, took walks. That was where they, like, just lived their life. Mm-hmm. And it's destroyed. And maybe they didn't get out in time and they did have to witness some of this or they did have to die through the same way. And, like, instead of them having, like, a noble death and being honored Mm -hmm. when they, like, they're sent home. Yeah, they don't have a family, like, Mm -hmm. back in America waiting for them, like, waiting for letters. Like, that is their their family just died and there's no one who cares enough. Wow. Wow. That just got really depressing. I like this idea of, of a podcast though, where we can talk and have our thoughts out because I didn't even think about that like yeah. until we started talking about it and we're all like, ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Potter. This is going to be way over 20 minutes. Yeah, this, yeah. We're, we're all over the place. <sighs> we're beginners. Yeah. I'm sure it'll get better. That's so interesting though. Mm-hmm. I don't, we should be able to talk during the AP test. We should. We would ace that test so good. I feel like, like, not even to cheat, though. Just to, like, oh. I feel like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Is there Potter? I don't cheat. <laughs> I feel like when you just, like, when you collaborate, though, and you, like, just talk a lot. Mr. Potter, the workshops. Oh, my God. Oh. I get it. <laughs> Sorry. Is this your question? Yeah, don't touch <laughs> me with your feet. <laughs> but, like. Yeah, I feel like just talking it out, like, really lets you explore your ideas and mm-hmm. just, like, find a good rhythm. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm so shook. Okay, anyways. Um, good insight. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts, questions, and epiphanies. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> TQEs, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Is this long enough? Probably. Can we sum it up? Yeah, I feel okay. like that was like a I really feel like next time we do this, we should have like bulletin points. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, Mr. Potter. 
We did our best. I hope you're proud of us, though. I feel really good about this. And I ate two whole burgers and some tater tots. I, I feel like we're just leaving a really long voicemail for Mr. Potter. <laughs> I guess it doesn't feel like a podcast. We're just like, so anyway, Mr. Potter, we're <laughs> right. That's all that's happening. That's so true. Oh, this is not going to count for journalism credit. <laughs> unless she doesn't listen to it. Hi. What's your name again? <laughs> Oh, no, we have to cut this part out in case she doesn't listen. <laughs> Mrs. Godsey. Or we could make a different one for her. Yeah. Hey. We can, We have time. We can just make a different one. Godsey. I already said that. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of myself. <laughs> okay. Anyways, to sum it up, you sum it up. I'm going to keep eating. To sum it up, this is a poem that's really good. And... <laughs> You're not over. How do you say again? Dulce? Dulce a decorum est. Dulce et, et or a? <laughs> what are you saying? Dulce a decorum est. Is a good poem. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> it, in, it like provokes a lot of deeper thought and has a lot of vivid Im- imagery that brings the poem to life. Good job. Thank you. It also um, holds a lot of, <laughs> it, I don't know how to put it, but like from that time, it holds a lot of what was happening then. It really symbolizes what was going on during World War One, and it also gives a deeper insight into the thoughts of a soldier. But what we were just talking about is, it doesn't even mention like the horrors that someone who is living there had to go through, which is a really random tangent, but it was cool. <laughs> and it's also modern day application, but we didn't really get to that. Yeah. Something's happening in Yemen, but <laughs> we're not we don't know enough about it to give an educated opinion, so Yeah. All of this is opinion. Anyway, I'm Anna. <laughs> I'm Lori. And this was Simply Complicated.